Hello and welcome to episode two of Corner of the Sky. My guest this week is Julian Sheridan, a musician and friend who is music director of our show choir until he graduated in 2017. We're talking about Come From Away, a new Broadway musical in the 2016-2017 season. It follows the true story of thousands of passengers who were forced to stay in Gander, Newfoundland, while the U.S. airspace was closed after the 9-11 attack. The town opened their doors and their hearts to these strangers, and relationships grew, but the backdrop of tragedy cast weight and doubt onto the story. today with my friend Julian and we're going to be talking about uh, Come From Away. Uh, why did you want to talk about this musical? It means a lot to me. There's kind of two parts to that. I'd say the first part is, I mean I've kind of appropriated this Canadian identity. I, I moved to Canada when I was um, nine years old to Calgary, Alberta. And you know I, I saw this, I saw this, this was completely out of the blue. I, I, I went back home for winter break and uh, my my parents, you know, bless their soul, they've always they were the ones who have always taken me to musicals. They just say, "There's this cool new musical that's playing in the Alexandria Theater in Toronto," and so I, knowing nothing, I'd never heard of this musical before. I come from away, and I'd never heard of this musical before. But you know, we went completely packed standing room, and only then I found out, oh, there's this musical about you know being Canadian and also about 9/11. And so, you know, with that kind of in mind, like, I, I had no expectations, and I was, I was just blown away. And, you know, coming back to campus, like, talking to people about this, I think I went, um, when we were talking about, like, favorite new musicals during show choir, right, we'd see, uh, we'd, you know, I'd mention this name, and, like, nobody had heard of this. There's a room of 30 people, and now, look, look where it is. <laughs> um, so I think that was kind of cool, and, like, Having had the kind of like the, the privilege of just seeing it in Toronto with no expectations, you know, I kind of wanted to sh- talk about that and talking about like, you know, wh- wh- how how this musical relates to me. Yeah, that, that is truly one of the best ways to see a show is to just go in knowing nothing about it yeah. because then you get to experience it kind of as the writers intend you to. Mm-hmm. And so often we never get the chance to do that because like shows get hyped and you always hear mm-hmm. about stuff going in because why would you pay the money for you know a broadway show ticket without exactly. knowing what the show's about exactly when i was saying like this reminded me of being young like when my parents would take me to musicals and that's how you know become you become interested in musicals and that you know there's a period of time when you're like 10 to 16 or whatever where it's just like oh you're in, you're in new york let's check out a broadway play i wouldn't know anything about it maybe it's like oh it's by andrew lloyd Webber, and i remember i saw phantom right that kind of moment it's kind of hard to capture now when you know it's like you hear about hamilton and you know exactly like you've heard all the songs and you know same thing with stuff like the and hansen and like me all these musicals that i want to see moving forward but i know exact i know every line i know every <laughs> song and I, I remember i was so infuriated when i came back home i was like okay i want to listen to these songs and like it, it wasn't on spotify like this is a musical that's been running for like two years now but mm-hmm. since you know it hadn't made it to broadway yet you know it made it to the biggest theater in canada it sold out all its shows but Still, since it hadn't made it to Broadway, like you couldn't find the music anywhere. Yeah, well, it's on Spotify now. It is on Spotify. They've got now. the Broadway cast recording on there. Mm-hmm. And what's cool about the Broadway cast recording? It's like it's the same cast. It's exactly the same cast as they played in Toronto. And actually, it's kind of stunning. This is like it made it to Canada, 
two years after it was ever first produced. I think it was in like Washington D.C. Um, and Seattle, maybe. Um, well, and then only for those two months did they actually have a showing in Canada, and and of course they also showed it in Gander, which is where this musical takes place. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so it's kind, of, it, you know, it also kind of reminded me that there's a huge swath of like undiscovered musicals out there, and you know this is the one that kind of took its stage. Yeah, I had never heard of this musical before the Tony nominations mm-hmm. were announced. Um, and that was just a couple weeks ago, but it was an, it was nominated for seven Tonys yes. um, and is one of the front runners for Best Musical this year. And then I was like, what the heck is this? <laughs> okay. um, but then, so I listened to the soundtrack for the first time this morning, actually. And I started listening and I was like, okay, I'm into this. I, by this time, I'd heard the premise of the show. Mm-hmm. And then by the third track, um, which is like five minutes in, I was so hooked. I was like, oh my God. I have to finish the soundtrack before we record. Because originally I was like, oh, I'll listen to a few songs, get a feel for it. No, I had to listen to the whole okay. thing. It was, no, it I really grabs you. Yeah, I, I think that's one of the feelings. So one thing that, I don't know if it's, if it's clear from listening to the soundtrack, there's no intermission in this show. Oh, you I didn't realize that. You just sit in there, and, and I think it's like an hour and a half. It's a fairly short show. And then you sit in, and like if you listen to the songs, it's very like, you know, very um, rousing keeps going and you know it's it's all set to this Irish Gaelic music which is I guess par for the music of, of the maritime Canada um, and it just keeps going and it's like suddenly they're off they're off the plane and they're suddenly the, the plane is now the bar and the bar is now the shelter and it is it and then soon you know it's the, the musical is done so definitely I feel that that was very clear like there was no pause it was just like this is five days, like, which is the setting of the musical, right? Mm-hmm. Wow, yeah, I didn't realize that by listening to just the soundtrack, because I was like, oh, I just assumed there'd be an intermission in there. Mm-hmm. And it is. it seems like it's all sung through. It is. Um, well, no, that's like... actually, there actually are, like, a few, like, really nice comedic breaks. Like, I, it's not okay. as sung through as you would think, like... Because it's, it's very distinctive. It's not the normal kind of musical mm-hmm. theater soundtrack that would be a lot of, like... Um, solos and duets and yeah. like soloists on top of ensemble pieces it's really strongly ensemble um and it's also all done in this way that um even by listening you can tell that these are all taken from real stories and these are mm-hmm. real testimonials which they are um and when i looked it up it, it said that, that it was originally conceived as a slam poetry project oh, which as soon that. as i heard that i was like i can hear that so much in this that okay. the way that it's presented um as kind of a spoken word piece set to music yeah I guess Hamilton had kind of normalized that for me, but you know, you're definitely right. Like, think, listen, having listened to it again is just this is very different from your typical musical. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, speaking to the ensemble thing, like I remember when they construct the stage. So the stage in the Royal Alexandria Theater, and I'm sure this is what it's the stage is in Broadway too. Like it's it, you know the same thing in Hamilton. There's like a ro- there's a rotating p- platform. That's it. And then the band members are actually, there's only like eight of them or so. Like, you know, like I'm looking at the list here, like there's the fiddler, uh, like an Irish flutist, and they're all on stage. Like, they're all like off oh, to the nice. side. I don't know if they do that on the Broadway show as well. And so it's very clear that like, this is a very sparse production. There are... So I, actually, like, there's, there's that thing where it's like, one of the big conceits is that there's 12 cast members or so. That, that's really cool. That Because it, it sounds like when you're listening to the recording that this could be a really large um, ensemble with soloists on top of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so you, because they like meld so seamlessly into 
uh, the voices. But it's really cool to hear that it's all done by just like the same 12 people yeah. doing all these different things. It's a, it's a low-key production. And, and I think that speaks to kind of the roots, right? This is like a very a Skunk Works project for this, um, this Canadian, I think, Canadian dean. Um, and, you know, I actually remember like you can't, they, they had problems shopping it around or something. I mean, not not like that. Nobody nobody was against the idea, of course, right? Like, of course, there's. I mean, that's that's something I'm sure we'll get to, like the tact of making such a project. Yeah. Um, but you know, like, like I was saying earlier, like this didn't make it to Canada proper until, like, I mean, they they workshopped it in Sheridan College, which is this this college in Ontario that is fairly well known, but like you know, only for people in the area, and it took two years to come back to Canada. No, that is interesting, though, because uh, I would have assumed that, like, I mean, it was, like you said, workshopped in Canada, but then premiered somewhere else. Yes. And I, I would have assumed that this would have been, like, an essentially Canadian production and then eventually moved into the U.S. Now that you say that, I actually do think that maybe it does make sense for it to be in the U.S. Because, like, it's not, you know, it's a Canadian production in the sense of, like, there's a very, like... Like, a lot of the jokes are Canadian. Like, there's, like, some of these songs, actually, like, I mean, there's one song in particular that is just a straight-up Newfoundland folk tune. Um, and, uh, but I, I like to think of it as, like, it's a Canada to the world kind of production, right? It, especially Canada to the U.S., right? Because that's, the U.S. is where it's most personal, and most of the cast members, they're, like, except for an Englishman, they're all... They're all Americans. They're coming home you know, to Texas, to New York, to L.A., um, and and so I I think it maybe it is appropriate. It's a bit of like cultural like sightseeing. I feel mm-hmm. like, but you know, it's it's I mean, the people of Canada love it. I mean, people of Canada love it because it exposes a lot of these like this maritime culture, which is like a fairly distinct culture even within uh, Canada, and I don't think like. You know, people in America might know about Quebec and like you know French Canadian culture, maybe, or they might know about like prairies, like it's similar to Midwest culture here in um, America, but the Atlantic provinces, like Acadian, like Newfoundland, like Labrador, um, that those cultures, like I don't think anyone, if it wasn't for a musical like this, I don't think anyone in North America would like know what being a Newfoundlander meant or like any of those there, those those interesting things about yeah that that place yeah i don't i don't think that a lot of people in the u.s really differentiate between different areas of canada oh yeah (laughs) yeah i'm giving too much credit with the midwest versus (laughs) quebec canada just just being honest okay now that's fair that's fair no i i live on the canadian border in maine so i'm actually not that far away from newfoundland so you've been to like nova scotia new brunswick have you ever crossed the border oh yeah absolutely like i mean i live on the border like my orthodontist was in canada oh my god (laughs) yeah um uh, but i've mostly been in like new brunswick which is the okay um so but that does mean that you have, I guess, seen some, some of that culture. I mean, I don't know how much you've disambiguated it from the rest of Canadian culture, but, like, I'm, I'm curious what your, your thoughts of, I mean, Canadian people are. But I'm sure it's, like, the same, like, oh, if you cross the border, like, they're the same people, but... Yeah, it's, it's very much um, the two towns directly across the border mm-hmm. um, are, like, basically the same town. Um, yeah. but there's a huge amount of crossover and commerce and everything, so there's not a lot of differentiation uh, in cultures that way, and I don't spend a lot of time like traveling around course, Canada. Course, so, 
from my perspective, it was just like, oh, um, it was just like the people on the other side of the river who we made fun of sometimes, okay. but they made fun of us back, so it's okay, fine. perfect. <laughs> yeah, no, that's good. But let's talk about the weirdness of making a feel-good musical about 9-11. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Because <laughs> if you... Like, that sentence um, is a way oversimplification of what this musical is. Yes. But it's not inaccurate. It's not inaccurate, no. Which is pretty weird. <laughs> yeah, def- definitely there's that shock factor when I've told other people about this musical, when I told the show choir about this musical. I, I think it-, it is, again, like, there's, I- I'm sure there are still a bunch of musical topics out there that, like, nobody wants to touch. Um, but I- I- I'm-, I'm sure the way they approached this was, like, there's this story, right? You start with this story, and it's a story that, like, people don't necessarily know about like it's a story that we sometimes trot out like every you know we we also like commemorate in some sense September 11 in um, Canada because I mean the Canadian government did play a huge role in like basically flights that were coming from the north or flights that were transatlantic like it, this wasn't just Gander there was again Vancouver Halifax that we took a lot of planes in and people in that's a story that's you know, like somewhat well known in Canada but like being well known in North America and of course being made brought into the public awareness by like a cultural phenomenon such as a Broadway musical, you know, again like Hamilton, um, is very different. So yeah, I guess like you start with the story and it's a very compelling story, right? It's like even if you like forget that this is 9-11, it's like, like you can just think about it as like there's a group of others in some sense. Come from away is actually, and there's, there's actually, come from away actually has a special meaning. Mm-hmm. In uh, Newfoundland and in, in the Atlantic provinces, these come from a ways, and, uh, and then they're placed in this strange rural, like very distinctive culture that they know nothing about. And you know, you don't have to put the context of the tragedy in. It's just like for some reason they're forced, you know, to interact with the locals. They're for you know, like they have to work together. They have to like, and there's this you know, pervasive fear. And like, I'm sure coming from that angle, like this is a compelling story. It just happens to be 9/11 that's the tragedy behind it mm-hmm. and I, I will say that from my understanding of the show is that the vast majority of it does focus on the experiences of these particular people in mm. these particular place um, but they also they do include of course um, especially in the one song something's different or yes is, it's some, is something's one? missing something's missing right yeah um, which is right at the end of the show and singing about the differences like pre and post 9-11 yes. and the way that's affected people psychologically um, and that that's I think the point in the show when they really um, dive head first into like what that means for the country and the world as a whole outside mm-hmm. of this particular little story yeah I, I, I completely agree um, yeah and so feel good might it's also like a bit of a stretch because like not everyone has a happy ending for this in this musical I can spoil stuff right yeah it's go fine. for it <laughs> um, for example right there'd be there's a gay couple for example and there's another couple who isn't a couple yet and so in in and there's a couple where there's like an English man and like a Texan woman and there's like kind of this running gag where they're you know they're putting awkward situations together and they end up happily married 10 years later um, and this is like a real story this is a real couple that you know they've interviewed and and that's where they base these kind of quirky moments that you know put some humor into the show. But for for those for that couple, there's another couple, the gay couple of Kevin and Kevin. You know that, that's another also another running joke. Um, and they they're broken up by the end of the sh- of the musical. 
And so, yeah, there is the feel-good aspect of, like, it's feel-good in the sense of, like, you know, they're strangers in a strange land, and they become very, they feel very welcome, despite their, all their hesitation, especially because of the tragedy. Um, but, it's, yeah, I think the great thing about, the reason I really like that Something's Missing song is that at the end, you know, once, you know, everybody's, like, befriended all the natives and they've all left, uh, you know, you realize that there's this, this greater gravity of the the whole, you know, how how do we move on from this tragedy? Um, actually, maybe I'll draw you to another song, "Me in the Sky," with mm-hmm. the uh, pilot um, Beverly. You know, she's singing about, you know, ever always wanting to be a pilot, and one of the the big things in here is that she's the first female captain. One of those most striking lines is like, "Some they use the thing I love the most as a bomb," and the music just stops, and. Um, then you realize that, yeah, this is not a vacation. This is not, oh, look, we're getting to know each other, and look, Canada's so nice, and the Newfoundlanders are so nice. Um, it's like the world is different. One of the things that I've seen said about this show is that there was a private uh, performance of the musical for um, like survivors and the mm-hmm. family of people in like Washington, D.C. and New York, um, and the writers of the show said, and I quote, we had people coming up to us who had been directly affected who said, thank you for giving us something positive about that day. Thank yes. you for giving us a better memory of that day. Okay. And I think that that particular quote sums up a lot of what this is because um, it not not only like makes a somewhat hopeful message mm-hmm. um, out of the tragedy, but also like shows something that was happening on that day that was good in itself. Like these two people who found each other and fell in love and they have to grapple with that that's on the backdrop of this horrible tragedy, but that still is essentially good. Yeah, that's right. Also, there's been, I think one of the reasons that this show has been getting so much attention right now is because it it does seem oddly pointed. Pointed, Um, yeah. (laughs) Even though, I mean, like this... Obviously, musicals take a long time yes. to write. This one, they've been working on this for five years or so. So mm-hmm. obviously, it wasn't supposed to be a direct message. But now we have this musical yeah. coming out this season that is all about welcoming strangers mm-hmm. from across the world into your home. Oh, yeah, I have, I have a lot of thoughts about that and how this musical kind of treated that subject. So, like, I'll start with kind of like maybe the a first negative comment about this musical. Def- definitely, it was a, mu- a musical that was consciously talking about, you know, themes that I'm sure were relevant in 2013 or so, but are now more relevant today. Um, and the reason I, I say this is a slightly negative thing, it's, um, there's a lot of, I mean, almost like fairly caricatured people coming in. I'm sure part of it too is like they wanted to get all, like, they've, you know, they've consolidated all these stories in right and so there's a lot of like yeah i'm sure for every couple there's one couple that fell in love and there's like a thousand that you know we're just very stressed out um <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yes um but you know there, like so for example one of there's a few like key characters right so there's this egyptian muslim man and then they make this enti- there's in, this entire storyline where you know they don't understand what language he's speaking. He speaks poor English, and then they talk. You know all the passengers is like, why can't he speak English? You know he's praying for his like terrorist friends, and and there's, there'd be another example would be like the gay couple. You know very like almost I wouldn't say stereotypically gay, but um, there's there's a lot of 
there's there's a, c- a scene where they're in a bar and they're like scared about like if being gay is a, an okay thing here in Newfoundland, right? Because um, one thing about um, Atlantic Canadian culture, it's it's still very gruff, right? It's very um, very homogeneous. Everyone's descended from Irish, Scottish, um, like very few people come from away. And again, like I was saying earlier about this come from away experience, it's a it's a word that's it's a phrase that's sometimes derogatory, sometimes not. Um, it's a phrase that they use to describe outsiders, right? So if you're from, you know, a classic example might be you're from the prairies, uh, where I'm from, and you know you're going to retire in Newfoundland because that just seems like an idyllic place to be, and, and it is. It's a, it's a gorgeous um, it's a gorgeous locale, but you're in some sense an outsider to all the people who are descended from fishermen and all the people who are descended from like original settlers and Acadians and and you are an outsider you're you're, you're a come from away is what they would call these um, people and so there are, there are these moments where they really where the musical really does kind of I want to say exploit but re- really kind of pushes this narrative where here's you know, you're in a strange you're in a strange land right um, so there's a scene where the, the gay couple is in the bar and you know there's all these kind of hints where oh like they're not get, you know, they don't accept your kind here and then they finally do the big reveal it's like oh my brother's gay and my you know my my um best friend is gay and and so in, in a sense it's constructed right i'm i'm sure like in 2001 might not i don't really i genuinely don't think it's as um it was as clean cut as this musical presents it to be, I guess to sum it all up right with the the st- story of the the young black man, the story of the gay couple, the story of the muslim man i'm I'm sure they were actual stories, but the fact that these stories were presented you know that when they were writing this in two thousand and fourteen, I'm sure it was very deliberate, mm-hmm. and like the fact that they made it so like i wouldn't say caricatured but so explicit. Like these are events that happen, you know, day to day in North in 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 the U.S. and saying, and you know, these misunderstandings like he doesn't speak our language or you know, he's not well. This implicit not being welcome here and being juxtaposed with, well, this is Canada, this is Newfoundland. We are welcoming of everyone, and you know, everyone's like friendly and everyone's happy. Um, you know, it, it's 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 idealistic, and I think a good way, in a very good way. But I guess it just, I think that's the only, the one thing that kind of bugged me, right? I, I can see how this would really work as a parable. Because I think you're right that not 100% of the residents of this entire town were 100% cool with the gay couple or the black man or like, yeah. and obviously there were many, many, many of these people. Yes. So there were more than one iteration of each of these things. But, um, but it, it would be a lot harder to tell this musical that was like, Oh, and they they opened up their doors and they yes. welcomed them with blankets, except for like the ten percent of the population yes. that was not okay with it. <laughs> yes, I mean, Newfoundland, like again, maritime culture is not as again it it is similar to kind of more conservative cultures, right? It, it, very insular. Um, but that said, it, there is a there is a huge kernel of truth to the being welcoming to everyone, right? Because mm-hmm. again, there's his, just historically there's different. Like cultures again, like, the Acadians and then the descendants of the Scots and so forth, and you know different waves of people coming into that region. And maybe there's a particular message there about a, a culture that um, 
people like all, all over, especially North America and other parts of the world probably as well, recognize as a more conservative culture, um, blue collar, mm-hmm. and but still like having that incredibly um, inclusive and welcoming stance. Of course, of course. I think, yeah, I'm, I'm sure that was also a deliberate stance because I think when I was saying earlier about you know, something, the song Something's Missing and something, um, people who, there's this kind of feeling of change. It's it's like the the Newfoundlanders can do no wrong, essentially. Mm-hmm. That's kind of how they're set up, right? They're all they're all lovely, friendly people, which I think is is fine, if a bit disingenuous. But I I think the message is that you know you have these people who are lost and afraid, and they're stuck in to them what to them is the middle of nowhere, and there's these people who welcome them with the most open of arms, and but then moving forward, like you realize that. You, you know, you kind of visited this this place, and things aren't as rosy when you come back home. Like you break up, you have to deal with loss and other these all these other things. And um, yeah, it's, you know, it's a bit it's a bit stylized. You know, it's it's like people who are afraid and they just become integrate and are just taken to be welcome. But then by the end of the musical, you're reminded that this was a tragedy and this was, you know those five days are just like a drop in you know, 10 years later. Do you think that um, this musical does a disservice by presenting this idealized and not like a, a, as as far as we know, like not inaccurate, but yes. idealized version of Newfoundland? Or do you think it's important to have that clean cut message? I'll say like, especially because of the subject matter, I think it's important. I, I'm of course. I think we're all happy that this musical was made. I think we're all happy that like, you know, these very explicit issues were tackled, right? Like, um, this in in particular these explicit stories that again we hear, even now, like, um, again with outsiders and people being judged because they don't speak the right language in the right setting. I, I think when they were making this musical that like this is a musical that people are going to see right this is a musical that's going to matter and this is a musical that's going to like present Canada to the world or at least this aspect of Canada um, I mean I don't think there are many Canadian first of all not many Canadian made musicals that make it to Broadway or are about Canada per se right this is probably going to stand as one of those like quintessential you know pieces of Canadian culture and especially one that is shared explicitly with America and the world. And so I, I think the, the choice of, for these idealized, this idealized view of Newfoundland and the choice of this idealized view of these, you know, these hospitable people, I, I, I think it was, it's absolutely the right choice. It's absolutely what they should have gone with. I mean, I, mean, I still think that it was a bit over the top, but, you know, you have an hour and 30 minutes and you have people who have no idea about Canada, right? Like in the same way, you know, like the, that's the classic thing you do, and not just in comedy, but in drama or whatever. Like, you you look at the most identifying traits of these people, of these of this group, and if you have like third ninety minutes, like in, in, like a movie would have ninety minutes, you those are the ones you emphasize, and they definitely chose the right ones to emphasize. They definitely chose to emphasize the friendliness, the this kind of contrast between being, you know blue collar remote like insular community but being very welcoming to the other um and that's definitely a contrast 
that is very particularly important now. This is they're they're not having fun in some generic generic place. They're in Newfoundland, mm-hmm. right? It's not just oh these are friendly strange people. These are friendly strange Newfoundlanders with their own culture and you know their own um, traditions and their own attitudes. And you know this also comes through in like a bunch of other songs. Um, like it was, you know, if you saw this in in the theater in Toronto, like it was very clear that these were Canadian, like Canadians, like it was not, oh, these are friendly people, in some like this could have happened in like, you know, the middle of America. This is like these people are very distinctly Canadian, and I think that was nice. There was a line from one of the actresses in the show that said that they they play Spot the Newfoundlander um, when they're. Perf- performing on Broadway um, because there's two lines in the show that people from Newfoundland will laugh at that no one else will. Okay. I don't remember one of them, but one of them was um, Newfoundland has a lot less people to lose. <laughs> and I don't know why that's I mean, I, I'm funny, pretty sure but... that's just the, uh, there's like less than a million people, I think, in the whole island of Newfoundland. Yeah. Like it's a, yeah. But apparently that really makes people from Newfoundland laugh. Which, okay. And so they can always tell, like, that person's from there. That's Yeah. I mean, yeah, there's some, like, running running jokes to just about being a Canadian from the Maritimes, right? Like, you know, everyone knows each other, and, like, if you're living in that one town on the northeast tip, um, or, you know, like, everyone drinks Tim Horton's coffee, or, um, I'm, I'm sure you're aware of this, living on the border. Um, oh, yeah. Tim Horton's is a... Is, is a cult- perhaps the biggest cultural joke between um, Canada and the U.S. where I live. Yes. So I, 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 if I remember correctly, I might be misremembering. There's like just a joke about like there's like the one Tim Hortons in town and like it closed down. So on the topic of presenting Canada to the wider world in this particular part of Canada, let's talk a little bit about the Tony nominations. Okay. Um, so like I referenced before, uh, the show has been nominated for seven Tonys, mm-hmm. which are uh, when the show is going to be released will be this weekend upcoming. Okay. Um, so that's exciting. I will be watching. <laughs> and so this show's been nominated for Best Musical, Book, Score, Featured Actress, Lighting Design, Direction, and Choreography. Uh, which actress is um, was nominated, by the way? That's a great question that I'm going to look up. <laughs> okay. There's kind of two actresses that stood out in particular to me, um, which was the, the blonde one in particular, um, the female pilot... And then there was um, Beulah, the um, school teacher. Mm. So I, I, I would guess it's one of those two. The nominated actress was Jen Colella. Yes, so Jen Colella, I'm, I'm looking here in my uh, playbill. Um, she played Beverly, and she was she was the um, she was both the she was also Annette. So Beverly was Beverly was the um, the pilot, the the, the mm-hmm. first female pilot, um, and you know she has some really great. Just great scenes, talk her calling back home to her husband about her kids, and of course that that great number about her, um, just like her her relationship with flying and how that's just really changed. Yeah, um, which is really the only proper solo song in the whole yes, show, and, and she think, does a beautiful job. Yeah, it's definitely the right that was that was definitely the right choice. Um, let me let me look at. I'm trying to remind myself who Annette was. <laughs> Again, there's a lot of names, and there's just a lot. It's like it's a it's a perfectly ensemble cast. There's no main character, so to speak, which yeah. I think is, I, which I find I find interesting because she's nominated for best featured actress, mm-hmm. not best leading actress. Yes, but 
I wonder, like, is there is there actually anyone in the show that they would consider the leading actress? I wouldn't think so, right? Like, I mean, I might if you had to choose like a leading actress, I would actually say it would be Beverly again, maybe Beulah, um, but again, everyone plays everyone. There is no there is no leading person, right? There's just stories, which I think is like the right message to have. There's no like I'm following around this person as he's helping others or I'm following this woman who is experiencing loss. That's one vignette out of you know, twelve. And the show's also nominated for like best musical book score choreography direction, <laughs> which are some really big awards. Um I am excited to see its performance at the Tonys um, because I know a lot of shows are kind of um, make or break at the Tonys. Like if they get a lot of awards, if they get some good attention for their mm-hmm. performance, can really boost their sales and even like put them into musical theater history. And I would love to see that happen with this show. Absolutely. Actually, there's something I want to say about the choreography. Oh, yeah. Oh. I love the choreography for the show. Again, it's very sparse, right? You have to, again, it's like the spinning stage and the chairs. And so there's this scene. Again, I, I shouldn't make reference to our show. But like, you know how like, there's a scene where they emulate the plane, where they emulate like being on the plane. Mm-hmm. So it's on the, it's just, it's like, you know, they have like the four chairs lined up and then it's like a column. I, I, I'm, I, I'm sure you know what song of ours had that same choreography. Um, and they're all you know they're all jumping up from their seats and then the, 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 while the while the stage is spinning around right and so like the pilot's in the front and then there's the people in the back and, and um you know like there's the two the, the gay couple drinking and then there's the pilot who's like maneuvering the plane in front and it, it's just it's just literally a column of chairs Wow. And yeah, yeah, our the our performance for a show choir this semester had a lot of train choreo, so this sounds familiar. <laughs> this is plain choreo. <laughs> and I definitely definitely reminded I was definitely reminded of that the show um um of, sorry, I've come from away after we did those kinds of um things. It it is interesting that a Broadway production has a similar Yeah, <laughs> um, like there was no our, like $25 budget. <laughs> there was no like, you know, like plain frame. There was like, you know, you you see I'm sure you've seen like some very overwrought like stages. It was just appropriate like, you know, like the backdrop for like in the Heights or Rent. Like, you know, they have, you know, they have these, you know, it's, you know, like a store facade. Like, if I remember correctly, this is, it was just chairs, 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 chairs. And maybe there's like a thing that resembles a bar, right? Off to the side. And then they'd bring in tables, you know, for where food would have been laid out. But they're not, I don't actually lay out food, right? They're like, it's very sparse in terms of props. And it's very sparse. Like they'll, oh, we're now from the plane. We're now in the bus, well, guess what? You still have a column of chairs, <laughs> or um, you know, or you're at, you're in the shelter. And it's like now the chairs are spread out on the stage, and I mean, with beyond some ex, like minor extra stuff, that's it. And so, and there's a lot of so there's a lot of like nice choreography that happens with that. Um, and again, like the transitions, the fact that they're just simply transitioning from like I am this fairly central character who was on the plane. And now I'm one of the you know townspeople helping out while we're fo- focusing on someone else's story, and I think that's like really cool. I, I guess like one of the songs that really struck out to me, stuck out to me, would, and I'd probably say it's like the favorite song in the musical. It's called Prayer. 
Mm. Um, and um, the reason it stuck out to me is again I I am not Canadian Canadian which is why I'm probably getting all my references wrong I moved to Canada when I was nine from the Philippines and again one of the one of the things that were was engaged with in this uh, musical is again the sense of otherness and in this song they're talking about kind of otherness in terms of religion right so most of the residents of this town are of course Christian um, and then of course but then and then we have the Muslim man um, and there's other there's also other things that come into play for example um, one of those brief vignettes that they have is that there's like I believe there's I believe a rabbi on the plane and there's one of the locals turns out to be like, like a, essentially a refugee descent descent was essentially sent from away from Poland before World War Two and now lives in Newfoundland and you know he's hidden his Jewishness from his community because that's what his parents told him to do and here they are in this pray in this interlude of this prayer song singing I guess a traditional Jewish prayer um, sorry but but the reason again that it struck it struck to me is um so the prayer it's it's the lyrics come from um, this this um, it's the prayer of st. Francis and it's it's you know maybe popularly known as like make me a channel of your peace. It's a very um, it's a very classic um, Catholic hymnal, and I was raised Catholic. I went to Jesuit school <laughs> in the Philippines, um, and so I knew the song like in and out. And um, it was just I was just sitting there, and it's like they're singing this this Catholic prayer, <laughs> and they've kind of mixed it in with you know the the Muslims prayer and the the Jewish prayer and and they're not even they're not even they're not using it in any religious context it's just like where there is hatred let me bring love where there is sadness joy um, and it was completely it, it was completely it was both secular and both a celebration of all these religious differences and again it comes back a bit to like the being very like somewhat I won't say trite but constructed right this is definitely like they could have highlighted anything, but the fact that they chose to put this Catholic hymnal in, the fact that they, uh, you know, they definitely they, they highlighted this this Jewish man living in in Newfoundland, the fact that they highlighted, you know, the Muslim man looking for a room to pray to put down his mat and pray, like, you know, it comes it comes back down to like, you know, the musical's message. Musical is not just a retelling; it's supposed to be a fable. It's supposed to be timeless. And so it's supposed to be, I guess, in the same way it's timeless, it's also supposed to be very relevant to the now. Um, and so I thought that was just like a very sweet or very, um, it was nice. I, 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 that, that was the part that really spoke to me. It's just, again, this, this, this traditional religious hymn just being as a secular message about, you know, finding peace, finding pause in this uh, tragedy. And in some ways, that the use of that song and the use of the different religions and the message of hope is a really good microcosm as the show as a whole and a good way to represent it as well. Mm -hmm. I, I definitely agree. So now it is time for the lightning round. Oh. Favorite song? Uh, as I've said, uh, I, I really like Prayer. Um, maybe a second best would just be the intro song, Welcome to the Rock. I think it's just, you know, it, it, it's like, it's this very upbeat song, but it's literally about being just living in Newfoundland and it's like I'm going down to the store and I'm going you know I'm going to teach at school and welcome to the rock 
You know, yeah. It's kind of like an, a term of endearment they have for their own place. So yeah, yeah, prayer and uh, the um, the overture. All right, uh, favorite line in the show. Hmm, I'll have to go with the one where in Screech, in Screech, and it's like either you kiss the cod or you kiss this English fella. Yeah. <laughs> and of course, of course, he kisses he kisses the English fella. That's that's a really cute part. It's, it's really cute. That's all. It was just like it's just you have to like on stage. It's just you know people are dancing on chairs by this point, and then like this this um this this divorcee, whatever. But like um she, you know she she you know she, this is like her second shot of screech or something, and she's like I've only drunk once one shot in my life, and it's just this entire ridiculousness, and then there's like kiss the cod, kiss the cod, <laughs> and either yeah. So that that was kind of like. I just remember that being very cute. Uh, favorite character? Um, definitely Beverly. It's not even so much that like she interacts with the other characters that much, right? It's like she's the pilot, she's the one who has it together, and like she's the one waiting by the phone while everyone else is off at the screech in. Um, and but just just her story and just you know like just her cons- her like you know this is her backstory. This is why this tragedy means you know this like you can see that she's still devoted to flying um and actually one of the most memorable things is at the end when she's back at the airport like she she wants okay i'm going back to work next day right and they're like you can take time off you know this you just spent five days being a you know a pilot in in stranded in newfoundland and she says no i gotta be back at the airport and like she's at the airport and she's you know, all these people it's empty of course it's like nobody wanted to fly for months um and she talks about like she was thankful that all these people are still flying you know it's a bit trite but again like sharing her like the sky is still there it's she still loves to fly and like moving like the best way to move forward is again for people to keep flying and people to keep feel safe in the same way she did, she did at least in the sky who would you recommend to go see this show? Well, everyone. <laughs> okay, besides okay. everyone. Besides everyone. Um, <laughs> That's been almost everyone's, oh, yeah, everyone's answer. <laughs> of course. Well, I, of course, also, I mean, Canadians, Americans. That's still, okay. it's still essentially everyone, but maybe in particular... <laughs> yeah, about the rest of the world. <laughs> <laughs> maybe in particular, I mean, in particular, of course, New Yorkers, but... I think anyone who wants to, like a, a slightly less stereotypical view of Canadian can, of being Canadian and um, again like nobody really talks about the Maritimes nobody really talks about Newfoundland and I think if you and if you at least want to see a ninety-minute representation of uh, the kind of the best of of Canadian you know. Canadian niceness and the best of Canadian, you know, or like at least a a very unique slice of Canadian culture. Like this is the show you should watch. You shouldn't be watching. Don't watch South Park to get your (laughs) to get your stereotypes about Canadians. Like if you if you had to stereotype us from one show, let it be this one. It's a good tagline right there. Okay. (laughs) Um, And then last question: If you could combine the show with any other musical, which one would you pick and why? First of all, it would be completely tactless to <laughs> combine this with another musical. Um, we can you can interpret that question in any way you want. 
okay. That's fair. Let me think. Um, I'm sure there are similar stories to this in like again like different times, right? So like, I'm you know some some story about you know um, settlers being stranded and you know like say let's say it's like the 1500s and some okay that's probably a bit <laughs> too much but um you know this is the kind a kind of a universal story right and i'm sure for every like gander like i think what's what's striking about this musical is that it's so modern and it's so you know recent and so pertinent to current day but i'm sure there's plenty of these stories like not you know not 911 not canada but I'm sure if you, you know, 1950s or sometime during wartime, during the Civil War, maybe even before, maybe in Europe, maybe in Africa, like, I'm sure there's these, these stories of, like, people who come in and are expect, you know, as, as refugees or as settlers or are in a strange land in a strange context and interact with the other, Right. And you use that that kind of musical to again I don't I, I don't I don't have those stories offhand but I'm sure that's the point right someone out there like someone has like their their country has a story just like this and you know it's a great it's definitely a great way to expose a unique part of your culture and a unique part of your history it, to produce like it doesn't have to be musical but to produce like this kind of body of work and have it be seen, you know, worldwide. Thank you so much for talking with me today. No, no, thank you for having me. I mean, we all are fans of certain things, right? Or we all fanboy, fangirl, whatever. And um, there's, it's very different to have to put it into words. Like, why do you like this thing? Like, defi- definitely for, like, until, like, a week before, I was like, oh, I might actually have to talk to Quinn about <laughs> this musical, so I should, like, listen to it again <laughs> for a while. Um you know, it just made me like the musical a lot more because it, to me it was just like this is a very sweet experience, you know. And then I, but then I had to, then I was kind of forced to confront like, why, what did I really like about this? What didn't you know, gel so well? And so you know, I'm, I'm really happy with this. Thank you for listening to our conversation about Come From Away. You can follow us on Twitter at cots podcast or find us online at theincomparable.com/cots. You can also find us in Apple Podcasts, where you could leave us a review. You gotta leave us a review. It's a vital part of the ceremony. 